Welcome to Things We Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. I am a little under the weather, so excuse the uh, nasally voice here. My son went to preschool for one day, one day, <laughs> and I'm already sick. I maintain, and I firmly kids. believe this, nothing against your son in particular, but small children especially are like cesspools of sickness. And even if they don't si- get sick, everyone else around them will get sick. It's true. It's, it's totally true. There's nothing wrong with playing in the dirt. I take vitamins every day, all day, every day. <laughs> I get it all. <laughs> I mean, I get plenty of sun too. Like, but I, I take my vitamins. I'm good. You can go down to Florida like me and get lots of sun and then have to escape a hurricane. Ooh. That's a fun way to go. Little fantasy football draft, little uh, dodging the dodging hurricane Dorian that's nipping on our heels. Glad you're okay. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but I was going to say, Stu, it just sounds like you have your, uh, your nice radio voice. Does it really? It does. At least that's good. At least that's good. At I least sound they're hacking up nasal. along. Well, regardless, it's a good intro. <laughs> regardless is not a word. I'm. God. Irrefacetious. I don't know these things. The the topics the topics I am bad at. Grammar. <laughs> That's not the geology. title of the show. It's close. No wait. Grammar, geography, not geology. I'm good at I'm I'm good at the study of bugs, or words, not really words, but I math and science. That's what I'm okay at. And video games and plants. And plants. Everything else is a complete flop. Also, I'm pretty sure it's irrefacious. Jesus. Uh, I think, Ryan, I think it's fastidious. Fastidious. That's when fastidious, you're like, Fastidious, nice. yeah. Wait, you're what? You're dressed very irrefacious. I love the Simpsons episode where Lisa's word is weather. And she's like, can you use it in a sentence? And he's like, I don't know whether the weather will weather the storm. English is swag. <laughs> it's kind of true it is but it's what we've got it's all we've got that all we've got i mean we now. have other things whether or not you've taken advantage of them is that's true english in florida sorta <laughs> pop quiz what was that universal language thing that was the question of like the last round esperanto <laughs> esperanto there you go thank you yeah they don't use that that's for sure no we're all Excellent. nerds in this group we are it's what does Vexel, the root word, have to do with flags or identity? To be vexed or confused because all these damn flags are confusing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, we have Everything a whole round on Latin, Latin, so get ready. Oh, God, do we <gasps> yes! really? Yes! No, no. Oh, man, I was going to say, like, oh. I'm just going to silence the microphone now and wait. <laughs> oh. Well, if it helps, uh, this is the very 27th episode ever, and there are four awesome rounds. Uh, Just like always. uh, Maybe. I don't know. Each round has a different (laughs) theme and style, maybe a different language. We'll explain it as we get there. You will try to earn points and vie for uh, all the vexillologist things that all the flags. All the flags. 
So, if you're ready, we will start, as always, with general trivia. I'm ready. I'm here. Sorry, I realized I didn't have a, <laughs> didn't have a sheet of paper to keep score with. That's okay. I wanted to give you crap. We're going whose line rules this game. Points don't matter. Screw Points it. Points don't matter. Wayne Brainy wins. <laughs> Wayne Brady. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. All right. Question number one. Atkins is the alliterative last name for what famous modern singer? Rachel. Rachel. So there's two of them. There's a Trace Adkins. What was your answer? Trace Adkins. No. Well, he's a modern singer. I feel good about that answer. (laughs) Adkins is the alliterative last name for what famous modern singer who in 2007 received the Brit Awards Critic Choice Award and won the BBC Sound of 2008 poll. Starting off strong. Yeah. What alliterative last name? So this would be Adele. Adele Atkins. Oh. (laughs) I have another Atkins, and I'm still pretty sure it's wrong, but I have another Atkins. Is it Adele? At this point, you know the right answer. (laughs) I don't know if I know the right answer. What is your answer? Because he wouldn't have won a Brit Award. It's Rodney Atkins. That's definitely not it. Alliterative. Yeah. I know I said it's wrong, but I knew another Atkins. <laughs> also, the Brit Awards and the BBC Sound of 2008. I know. That's why I said he wouldn't have won that. He's, they're both country singers. You do know the answer is Adele, right? At this point, we're all on the same page. Can you refresh me on the answer again? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Zero points there. I completely uh, missed that cue. Awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Question number two. What is the calendar system largely used by most of the world named after the 13th Pope? Gregorian calendar. Question number three. What monument was created by Gutzenborglum to represent birth, growth, development, and preservation? I have no idea uh, what nationality Gutzenborglum is. It's fun to say. What monument? Uh, That's pretty much the question. (laughs) What monument was created by Gutzenborglum? It is in the United States. To represent what? To represent birth, growth, development, and preservation. Uh, This is four, four iconic pieces on top of a monument. Uh, this would be uh, Mount Rushmore. Really? Really? Created yeah, Washington. To represent, birth. yeah, Washington. It was the four presidents that best represented the first 150 years. You have uh, Washington for birth, Jefferson for expansion with the Louisiana Purchase, uh, Lincoln with preservation through the Civil War, and uh, Teddy Roosevelt for development and the construction of the Panama Canal. I knew it was a national, like a, a political thing, but I, cu- I couldn't. I am. We've already discussed this on the show. You're like seventh in line. Right. Right. That's how that works. It's 100 years plus the 17th cousin twice removed. Yeah. That's just how that works. That's like right. the political system. Yeah. 
All right, no points there. Uh, question number four. Uh, current event in music. What band just released their fifth album, Fear Inoculum? Uh, Rachel? That's been long-waited. Rachel. Tool. Yes, this is Tool. Oh, man. I just saw that on Spotify today. I didn't listen it's to it, but I saw it. <laughs> been long-awaited from by its fans for 12 years. It's a little current events in there. Uh, two points to Rachel. Question number five. In the Iliad, the Greek states force a 10-year siege against the people of what city kingdom? Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. This is Troy. This is Troy. Nicely done on the ball. I'll never get one of those <laughs> Actually, don't, I take that back. I have gotten them wrong before, but it's rare. I'm mildly obsessed with that movie. It's not great, but I still love it. Two points to Rachel there. Question number six, and the last question of the round. What does the L in Samuel L. Jackson stand for? Stu. Stu. Leonard. No. I was Rachel. Rachel. Lee. Not Lee. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of another hint. Um, this name is the same as a video game meme describing yep, a person. Still, I know it's it's Leroy. Yes, <laughs> this is Leroy uh, describing a person who jumped ahead prematurely and caused everything to go wrong in extraordinary fashion. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Samuel Leroy Jenkins, Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Leroy. <laughs> right, I'll give a uh, one point to Stu there. <laughs> out of the fort. <laughs> Everyone taking steps out of the fort uh, in the fa- in truly Roy Jenkins fashion. Going into the second round, uh, we'll see how this one goes. I'm really excited for it, but uh, it also could be uh, quite hard. We'll see. Mm. Uh, this is Iconic Music Stadiums and the Artist. So I'm going to give you a little description of a, a very iconic uh, artist, musician, and uh, the iconic stadium or place that they had one of their most notable events. Uh, I'll give you a description. You'll get a one point for naming the artist, one point for naming the venue. Uh, if they need an extra clue after the main description, I can uh, reveal one of them. That's kind of how we'll do half points. So, question number one. This band arrived to the home of the New York Mets in 1965. Stu. Stu. So wait, do I have to do the stadium or the band? Uh, You get one point for each. Oh, well, shit, I'm not going to know the stadium. Uh, But it was the Beatles. Uh, Yes, this is the Beatles. Uh, any, Any other guess on the stadium? I hardly know my way around my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The band arrived to the home of the New York Mets in 1965. Mania from the fans began as uh, this was the first band to perform in an outdoor sports stadium. This was uh, the Beatles in 1965 at Shea Stadium. And uh, supposedly the fans were so loud, uh, they basically had to be taken in by uh, police trucks and had like over 2,000 security cards and uh, they said it was so loud they couldn't hear anything they were playing themselves and they vowed never to play in a stadium like that again. That's nuts. uh, uh, One point to stew there. All right. Question number two. Arguably the most notable arena artist pairing ever. This home state songwriter has played here over 100 times surpassing Elton John. 
His first performance was here in 1978, and he still holds a consistent residency selling out performances since 2013. Rachel? Rachel. Is it Willie Nelson? Not Willie Nelson. This is uh, a notable arena artist pairing, and uh, it's played here well over 100 times throughout his career and still holds, I even looked today or uh, today or yesterday, and he, every month at least there's one, uh, one night out. So this iconic arena artist, he is alive and kicking. All right, uh, I will say the arena is uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh. Oh. Mm, oh. Oh, my gosh. I know this. I know this, and I'm not going to get it. This home state songwriter has played over 100 times, surpassing Elton John. Performance dates back to 1978 and is still kicking today. Uh, it's Billy Joel. Wow. Okay. My sister saw him a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. cool. No, she up at, uh, in, at Red Rocks in Denver. Oh, cool. Uh, question number three. Playing to a crowd of over 70,000 in 1985, this iconic band and its front Rachel. Mans- Rachel. I know this. This is Queen, and this was at Live Aid. Yes. Do you know the wow. uh, stadium? I do not know the stadium, but I do know it was at Live Aid. I believe it was in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, this iconic band and its frontman stole the show at Bob Geldof's American, or sorry, African Famine fundraiser, which was broadcast to almost two billion people around the world. Yes, this is Wembley Stadium. Fun fact: I knew that. I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet. <laughs> Pretty much, arguably the most iconic music thing of all time is uh, Freddie Mercury and Queen at Live Aid at Wembley. Yes. All right. Question number four. This punk band's first public appearance was in 1974 and was at this iconic New York underground club. Rachel. Rachel. Pink Floyd? No. Uh, This iconic New York underground club. They were all wearing black leather jackets. They counted off one, two, three, four, and it was just a wall of noise from there. As the report goes. Uh, any guesses on the stadium? Or, or sorry, the underground club, the venue. I feel like this is a part of like rock band or guitar hero. Like you have to play at this place in order Probably, to pass the level. Maybe I'm not sure. So as a uh, iconic but seedy uh, underground club, I think it shut down maybe five ish years ago. Uh, this is CBGBs. Huh. Never heard of it. Yeah, never heard of it. Question number five. This band ironically played under a blood red sky on Sunday, June 5th, 1983. Uh, this international band played amongst the fog and the rock formations to deliver one of the most iconic amphitheater shows of all time. Rachel. I know the Ra- venue. Rachel. The venue is at Red Rocks in Denver. Yes, it is. Is it the fog? Is it maybe like Kiss? No. I don't know this. This band ironically played under a blood red sky on Sunday, June 5th, 1983. Any other guesses? Rachel. Rachel. Is it Genesis? 
not Genesis. This is uh, ironically played on Sunday, and uh, there I believe this tour was under a blood red sky, so that would be uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, which would be uh, Bono and U2. Mm. One of the uh, all-time notable Red Rocks performances. Question number six. Starting the 1969 show, this songwriter asked the prison guard for a glass of water as the prisoners laughed Um. and cheered. I only know one other prison in California, and I have no idea if it was still operating at that time. (laughs) Uh, It's not Alcatraz. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Leading to one of the most iconic acoustic sets of all time. Uh, I'm going to look up what the specific Folsom because I know that one is I is um, I think it's one of his songs so it says Folsom State Prison is a California prison and I think it is the one I have uh, iconically is the San Quentin State Prison starting the 1969 show this songwriter asked the prison guard for a glass of water as the as the prisoners laughed and cheered, uh, gaining uh, or leading into one of the most iconic acoustic sets of all time. And that is the end of round number two, and that is halftime. All right. Uh, maybe a little tough, so we'll bring it back around. Uh, round number three is Disney trivia. And I'll literally put all right. just some old school Disney trivia. <laughs> Question number one in Aladdin. What is the name of Jasmine's pet tiger? Stu. Stu. Raja. Yes, this is Raja. You guys are going to have to bring your A-game for this one. (laughs) Stu's got his iced coffee. (laughs) All right, two points to Stu there. Question number two. When does Mary Poppins say she'll leave the Banks house? Rachel. Rachel. When the children are well-behaved. Uh, not when the children are well behaved, but this is a uh, this <laughs> this is a phrase. I know. Uh, when does Mary Poppins say that she will leave the Banks's house? All right, Mary Poppins will leave when the wind changes. Oh, no points there. Question number three. Quote: We never fail to do what is right is the motto for what Disney Society of Do-Gooders? We never fail to do what is right. Stu? Stu. Is this the Rescuers? Yes. That's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. It's it's one of the more lesser-watched Disney films. I think I've only seen it, like, once. There's the Rescuers and the Rescuers Down Under. It's a good one. It's it's like little mice. Yeah. It it is good. An American Tale, Fifle Goes West. There we go. That's what it is. <laughs> also the Great Mouse Detective, which is fantastic. I realize there's a lot of uh, competing movies here. It's like <laughs> when this when almost two identical movies come out at the same time. All right. Question number four. What was the first roller coaster attraction at Walt Disney World? I hate the Disney World questions. <laughs> I went when I was four, and that all I remember was being too short for everything, and then my mom telling me I was going to have a brother, and I was actually quite upset about it. Oh. Stu? <laughs> Stu. Is this Splash Mountain? Uh, not Splash Mountain. Okay. 
What was, was the, probably one of the old first roller coaster attraction at Disney World? Uh, Stu, you're about as close as you can get. I'm not sure if you were thinking the right thing or not, but uh, it's not the Log Jammer ride. That is, right. um, uh, Jan- I don't remember, something mountain. But anyways, this is uh, another mountain. This is Space Mountain. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't um, thinking of the right no. thing. I was thinking of the log thing. Yeah. Uh, th- thunder something? No idea. Oh, it is. It's Splash Mountain is the log flume. Yeah, that's, I mean, I got the, yeah. I mean, there, I said the one that I thought it was. It just wasn't right. There is a Splash Mountain and a Space Mountain. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Space Mountain. Uh, no points there. Question number five. In the movie Hercules, Hades promises not to harm Meg if Hercules gives up what? Rachel. Uh, Stu. His immortality? Uh, Not his immortality. Uh, Rachel? His power? Mm, Yeah, I'll give you that. It's uh, his strength for 24 hours, but yeah, I'll give you that. So uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number six. In what movie can you find the character named Diablo? Stu? Stu. Is this the road to El Dorado? No. Is that even a Disney movie? Um, it is. I don't, I actually, I don't think, think so. that one is. But I could be wrong. I don't think. Um, uh, what movie? Rachel. Uh, Rachel. Is it Coco? No, it's not Coco. That's a good one. That is a good guess. Yeah. Such meta. Uh, in what movie can you find the character named Diablo? I have another guess whenever you're ready. Good, Rachel. Is it um, Princess and the Frog? Not Princess and the Frog. I feel like Diablo is the name of like somebody's pet. Uh, it is. But you, I can't that think little for the life of me. Everyone wants a chance. Diablo is the raven for oh my Maleficent. God. That's oh. why. Oh my God. I can't believe I missed that one. In that was a hard one. In Sleeping Beauty. You know, they get, they get harder through each round. You seem like you take pleasure in that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are the uh, epitome of extremely tough rounds. I would agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Rachel, but I would definitely agree with that. Fair enough. All right. It's good. I learn a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Going into the last round, it is a super tight race. It's kind of fun. I like it. (laughs) I like being me. You're sick. I'm sick. I got kids in school. I got responsibilities. (laughs) It actually is really great. (laughs) All right, uh, anyone's game, and uh, even more so considering we are going into a lightning round. Oh man! <laughs> All right, so uh, I don't know. If, I don't think you guys have papers, but uh, I trust you to. We've done this enough times. I trust you to lock in an answer to your he- in your head. Uh, I will give out a question with a numerical answer, and uh, that you can kind of guesstimate. Uh, all three of you will tell me your answer, and the one closest to will get uh, two points. All right, question number one. How many zeros are in a Google? Stu? 
26. Rachel. 100. Uh, Rachel actually got it right on the... <laughs> nice. Right on I the did money. know this one. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. I Google G-O-O-G-O-L is a 10 or is 1 to the 10th time or yeah right 1 to the 10th no 1 times 10 to the 100th power it's been a long time since I've done exponents (laughs) but yes 100 zeros Um, nice job Rachel All right, question number 2 how many moons does Saturn have moons does Saturn have Uh, Stu 3 Rachel Seven. Uh, you guys are all quite low. It is sixty-two moons. What? I believe fifty-three or fifty-four are. Th- there are some that are apparently still uh, are classified as moons, but need to be confirmed if they're Saturns. Don't ask oh, me how okay. that works. I'm a vexologist, not a spaceologist. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just imagine looking up in the sky and there's 62 moons? <laughs> That's like, no moon. <laughs> yeah, but still, the fact that there's 62 large objects uh, in the sky. <laughs> All right. Question number three. How many voting members are there in the U.S. House of Representatives? Any voting members in the U.S. House of Representatives? Uh, Rachel. 432. Stu. I was going to say 400. All right. uh, Rachel is awfully, awfully close. It is uh, 435. Ah, I was close. So pretty much, yeah. Although I don't know if you would ever have even numbers. It's by population, so you could. That's true. I guess you could. Nice. Because otherwise you'd have to give someone else or take a vote from someone else. Right. And it it does, does it fluctuate? Maybe? I it does. I don't um, know if that number stays intact 100% of the time and the, think, the percentages change. I don't know. I don't follow that closely enough. <laughs> you don't follow House of Representatives Digest? No, I don't. Right. That stresses me out. <laughs> Either way, uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number four. In what year did Amelia Earhart fly solo across the Atlantic? Stu. 1942. (laughs) Rachel. 1932. Uh, In 1942, Amelia Earhart did not sail the ocean blue. Uh, But in 1932, (laughs) she did fly solo across the Atlantic. Uh, Damn it. Rachel is knocking it out here. I couldn't remember you're, you're what it was. You're doing things I, knew. I know. <laughs> Look, I just make up the questions. It's your fault for knowing them. I'll take that fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number five. In 1981, what was the average price for a gallon of gasoline? In 1981, Stu. 53 cents. Okay, Rachel? Well, I'm going to say 60 cents. Sorry, Stu. That's okay. Cents. All right. Everybody a little bit low. It is $1.19. Really? Wow. Oh. All right. Question number six. Last question of the game. 
Get your uh, vexology points ready. As the question is, how many world country flags are composed only of the three colors, red, white, and blue? How many world country flags are composed only of red, white, and blue? Uh, Rachel. 46. Uh, Stu. 31. All right. It is 30. Oh, yeah. And I checked uh, multiple times because it is easy to have discrepancies. There's a lot of red, white, and blue, and then like little itty bitty colors and different stuff. So uh, I double checked my work, but I think either way, uh, Stu gets that one being only one off there. Nice job. So thank you. That is the end of the game. Uh, Nice job, everybody. That one felt like we just blew through it. Yeah. That was a quick one. Uh, Rachel killing that last round. Wow. Taking home Ooh. the game. Woo! Nice job. Clearly asserting her dominance out of the fort. Yeah. Is it because you were in the pillow fort this time? You said you were going to last round. <laughs> no, no. Ryan convinced me the acoustics won't be good. He's right. I'm obstinate. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Still, maybe we'll work something out. We have we have uh, some special stuff coming up. I think a little uh, live get together, a little round table game coming up. Well, I have some fun ideas to bring forward. But uh, yeah, congrats, Rachel. Nice job. Thank you. Good job, everybody. That was a really close round. That was maybe one of the closest games we've ever had. So. Nah, I'm actually going through the archives of different scoring (laughs) rounds and total points and total swears and what kinds of questions that we have. Um, I think I'm on episode 10 so far. Uh, And I've got a tally going. That's awesome. I had no idea. I know you had mentioned it once, but that's so cool. Well, it's going to be a little bit harder for me to get to it because now my commute's shorter. uh, (laughs) But I will still chip away at this and I will still make it happen for total tallies. Nice. I love it. All right. (laughs) That's amazing. Each episode, a couple of us give a movie game uh, experience, something cool like that, that we recommend you can check out. And uh, Rachel, you have a pick. Yes. So I like very specific brands. I like nice things. Not going to lie. But there's a brand of, they do like office stuff. So lots of notebooks. They're really famous for their binder collections called Russell and Hazel. A little bit pricey, but I think it's definitely worth the price. Definitely good quality stuff, thick stock paper, um, just good stuff. And I have a lot of it, and it's really beautiful and very professional and sleek looking. So, do you do you use it for work, or is this like for calligraphy stuff? All of the above. Yeah, I use it for everything, and I really like them because they're also just really, really pretty. Okay, I think on on average, one of their no, one of their binders without anything in it, one of their just basic cloth binders, is generally around like twenty to twenty five dollars. Mm. So, yeah. so nice. you you like them more because like the binder is is really nice and quality, or is it like actually the paper stock that you like oh. so much, or both? I both? like both of them. <laughs> I like well, both I know, of like, them, especially with like calligraphy stuff and like different drawing and note taking, like. There are some people who are really into like certain paper. Like I know there's like I know some of the um like the more common leather bound like um moleskins are from Germany. I know they do really good paper and I know there's like Japanese pens and paper that are I don't I don't know any of the names, but one of the famous ones is called Fabriano. Okay. Um 
That's an Italian one, but you know, I, I'm very picky about my paper, but the problem is calligraphy paper for the kind that I like is extremely expensive to get. So even though this stuff is pricey, it's still very nice um, and definitely worth it in my opinion. Hmm, that's cool. Uh, can, you, can you just like go to a store and get them? Um, you can in certain art stores, but for the most part, it's buy it online. You can get it on Amazon. They also have their russellandhazel.com. Nice. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll put links up and stuff. Sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, I also have a pick. Uh, I think I've said before, I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Conan O'Brien and have followed his stuff for a long time. Um, and I've been listening to his podcast for a little while. He had a new podcast, fairly new, within the last year called uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And uh, I'm specifically, I've been following his stuff a lot. Like, it, it's one of those podcasts where you can... Um, listen to him and his team. And if you've watched much of his stuff, like his team has been around for 10 plus years, even longer. Like he really keeps his team close, which I think is awesome. Um, and for the most part, you can kind of like, it's one of those kind of like uh, WTF with Mark Marin or any of those where you sort of can find the person you like, and then you can just listen to that interview. But I specifically wanted to bring it up now because over the past six weeks, and uh, this is just wrapping up, Conan has been doing a uh, deep dive with Dana Carvey and every episode there's six total episodes all just going into different things. And some of them are just pure skits. Like they're just talking in character and in accent for like 20 plus minutes. And it is hysterical. Um, some of it I've heard Dana Carvey do similar stuff on some of his stand-up specials. Uh, but him talking, we were just talking about the Beatles, like them doing Paul and John Lennon, uh, like together just doing skits for 10 15 20 minutes is amazing and uh, the first episode of this one the deep dive with dana carvey has him talking about different characters that he does and he goes into michael kane oh which is gosh. so so funny and then he talk he goes into i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna you know do the accents because i can't do accents to save my life but uh him doing Michael Caine as a kindergartner is one of the most funny things I've heard in a long, <laughs> long time. <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, these, these have all been really, really good. Uh, this podcast is really good in general, but uh, if you dive in, uh, I would definitely recommend start checking out the uh, deep dive with Dana Carvey. Uh, and then he has another, like a full hour long one. Um, Somewhere previous, somewhere early on in uh, the show's history, but uh, it is well worth the watch or well worth the listen. Uh, very good, in my opinion. Like I said, these these deep dive ones when they get going, the the accents that they do and the the uh, character types that they do are are amazing. Some of my favorite stuff to listen to. So that is a uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. You can find it on any podcast uh, app that you're listening to this on. So that's what I got. Uh, if you have a pick of your own, you can uh, email it to us at thingsigotwrong at gmail.com. You can check out the website at thingsigotwrong.com. You also check out the Instagram at thingsigotwrong. We've actually, uh, it's been cool. We've been actually getting a lot of people kind of talking to us on the Instagram and uh, saying they really enjoy the show and all sorts of new stuff. So uh, I'm really excited we're, uh, we're on there. So uh, hit us up there. And uh, the uh, next episode will be coming around around uh, September 30th. That'll be the round robin episode. I think we will uh, also be round table doing it live. Woo! Yeah, yeah. So uh, super excited. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, thanks again. Uh, and uh, we will see all of you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.